And I want to take that same vein and suggest that not only must you know yourself, but likewise know your money. Know your money because as the writer of Ecclesiastes says, it's the answer to all the problems. And if you know anything about the poetic input of the writer of Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, as well as Proverbs, all doesn't mean inclusively all. It is nothing more than a suggestion that for the most part, Money can answer a great deal of issues and questions, but it can't answer every problem that we encounter. But as Eugene Peterson says, it's not that it answers problems, but it makes the world go round. And he is suggesting in his way of giving a contemporary translation that we know God holds the world and that God caused the world and this cosmic operation to do what it does, but internally, we have managed to develop a system that is known as currency, exchange of currency, and that's how we communicate, that's how we do business, that's how we exist. It makes our internal world go around. Again, doesn't answer all of our issues, doesn't answer all of our questions, but it sure makes a good dent into some of the challenges that we have. Money is an incredible presence in each of our lives. Someone has suggested that the desire for gold is not the desire for gold. It's nothing more than the desire for the benefit and the freedom that the gold can bring unto them. Money, it is said, solves Problems. Then the question is raised, have we found a problem to be solved? Because out of that comes an opportunity for us to be employed or to not only solve the problem, but to be compensated for solving the problem that an individual may have, that a culture may have, that a society may have. In other words, money can be the solution to a great deal of challenges that we have. With the same enthusiasm that is encouraged that we know ourselves, I want to encourage you to know your money. Now listen to the writer of Proverbs 27 again and listen to it extremely closely because there's a pointed point made here about knowledge. The writer says, know well the condition of your flock and your herd. Speaking in the context of the statement, it is because the income, what generates the money for the farmer is his flocks and his herd. In other words, make sure you know about what it is that's gonna make you money and making you money because you will need to understand the importance of stability stability, accountability. Listen to what he further says. Pay attention to your herds for riches don't last forever. Maybe there's a suggestion there that opportunities come sporadically or opportunities may come in an onslaught, but they may not last for a long time and while they are there, 
harness the opportunity and the productivity that you gain from it and understand the value of how to manage the dollar. Listen to the text. It may be suggesting to us, know the difference between assets and liabilities. To make sure that we are on the greater side of assets and on the less side of liability. Asset means it's a plus, liability will mean it's a minus. Asset means that there's something I'm gaining in value. Liability means it's going out to perhaps meet a debt that I owe. So in farmer's terms, I want to have less debt so I can keep more of my money and be able to do more of what I desire to do, A, investments. Investment means that I am looking into the future and looking into that future, I'm not only planning for what lies ahead, but if I'm smart enough, wise enough, intelligent enough, and intuitive enough, in tuned enough to what's happening in the current market, I, e I may even reap the benefit now and still reap it in the future if I understand the importance of investments. So, the writer is saying to us, and I'm saying to every young person this afternoon, please make sure you know where your money is going. It's called accountability. Be able to give an account for every dime that you spend. Why? Proverbs 21 and verse 5 says, plan carefully and you will have enough. But if you act too quickly, you will never have enough. So listen to that. Plan carefully when you get your money. Plan how you will spend it. Make sure you can account for where every dollar goes. If you spend it without having a plan for it, it will go, and when you need it, you won't have it. Keep this in your mind as well. It's amazing how we probably don't realize this, but money actually doesn't go anywhere unless I tell it. Now keep that in your mind. doesn't go anywhere unless I tell it. It's just as silent as silent can be until I tell it where it needs to go. And it goes exactly where I tell it, and it will only come back if I plan for it to come back. So the, the author is arguing for us to be wise about understanding what investments means, be wise about understanding assets, and that will lead us to perhaps understanding the more critical thing about us, what are our money patterns? When I give an account of what I'm doing, I can know where every dollar is being spent. I'll know what my spending patterns are. Am I spending too much money out, going out to eat? Am I not saving enough? Am I barely having enough to pay the bills because I'm spending something somewhere else? Know where every dollar lies because it's a matter of stability, accountability. It's a matter of patterns. But watch this. Secondly, it's a matter of security. It's a matter of security because that helps me create sustainability. 
Listen to the word again. Riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Now, what I find interesting about that is, that is not necessarily an emphatic statement that suggests that we can't create generational wealth. It may be suggesting that those of you who initiate such a charge have to be careful to make sure you establish the mental concept of security and sustainability and pass that principle on. In doing so, each generation learns the importance of being secured and what it means to be secured and that is clearly illustrated in verse 25, 6 and 7 in Proverbs 27. When the grass disappears, New growth is seen, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in. The lambs will be for clothing, and the goats will be for the price of the field. There will be goat's milk enough for good for the food, and for the food of your household, and the sustenance of your maidens. Sustainability. Now that leads to the ultimate thing, which is saving. Saving. We don't talk about that a lot because we are so... Uh, such a, a instantaneous culture now that as soon as we get it, it goes back out. Uh, saving is critical. Listen to the Bible, Proverbs 21 and 20. Translation, stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Listen to it in verse 21. The wise man saves for the future. That means if it ain't but a dollar, he sets aside that dollar each and every pay period uh, because as grandmama said, a rainy day is going to come. That, that means that the bottom is going to drop out of something and it's going to rain in your life and it's going to take money to make your world continue to go around at least to feel secure in that context. Or, as Proverbs chapter 6 says, take a lesson from the ant. For the ant knows how to store up his food in the summer so that he's ready for the winter, which translation means hard times. So understand the art of saving. Or, as the Bible convinces us in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your pay. In other words, become a tither, believe in the principle. Here is what I really believe tithing means. You establish in your mind the concept and the habit of setting aside. You think about it, if God holds the whole world in his hand, does he really need my 10%? And the answer has to be no. But it's an imparting principle to understand that if you put aside that it's actually like saving. And if you do that all the time, you amass a nest egg or you amass to a point where you're able to do some things that otherwise you would not be able to do. Or the old mafia rule, which is I think is still true, cash rules the day. In other words, as much as you can, buy it with cash. Why? Because then you avoid paying the extra interest 
and you avoid paying somebody to give you money so you can use it so you pay them back. But if you save, now there might be some assets that you may not be able to save for, which I'm sure I can be rebuttaled by saying, it depends how much you're willing to sacrifice. Uh, sometimes we may have to take this old statement into, into our hearts, you will have to sacrifice your social life in order to secure your future. So that might mean that uh, instead of having the designer shoes or the designer suit or the designer purse or the high-end car, I may have to sacrifice that if I'm trying to buy the condo, which is an asset. Or if I'm trying to purchase a car, which can be an asset, although it is a depreciating asset. Depreciating means it's losing value over time. But if I can buy that with cash, it gives me a better bargaining tool. So maybe, I'm telling you, if you walk into a car dealership and you got cash money, I know what the sticker price says on the window. But trust me, that salesman wants to make that sale and if you're talking cash money, I don't have to finance you. I don't have to run you through no system. I don't have to check your credit. You got cash money. We can deal. I don't care how hard he try to be. You be just as hard and make it clear. Listen, I'm going to walk out this door with my cash money and go up the street to the next deal. If you don't give me this for what I want for. Well, well you need to go back and talk to your manager. You and your manager have a long conversation and remind your manager, I got a person out here who has cash money. But you won't get that cash until you save. There it is right there in Proverbs chapter 6. Learn how to save as the ant did. And in Proverbs chapter 3, honor God with your first fruits. And that text says, and God will make sure your barns are filled. So the saving aspect is a trust aspect as well. Tithing is a trust thing in God. In other words, if I save this 10% and give it, is God going to multiply it? Well, that's a trust in God that God will open up, Malachi 3, the windows of heaven. And do I believe that God has enough for me and everybody else? Well, the text says he'll pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. And if you ever sit and interrogated that statement, that's a mighty bold statement. Seek me first, says Jesus. The kingdom of God and everything else you need will be added unto you. If I'm willing to save, sacrifice my social life because it's for stability, it's for sustainability and security, but then I'll be introduced in reference to myself to the principles that I hold. Principle says, here is what I'm going to live by and here's what I operate by and I don't want to deviate from it because if I've seen the fruit that it bears, I'm going to hold on to it. So if I'm understanding the importance of security and sustainability, it will eventually avail unto me the importance of having principles to manage my money by. Let me close by saying this. Two books of the Bible, I believe, will teach you everything you need to know about money management. 
Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Both of them will give you a lifetime of money management and if you've never invested in your life, if you read the book of Proverbs, it'll teach you how to be an investor. You don't have to read anybody else's mechanisms in terms of how to do it. Adopt the principle in Proverbs and use the other materials as an accompaniment and watch how your portfolio will flourish. All because I've decided to know my money like I know myself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time in which the word is a light at our feet, a lamp in the midst of our path to guide us. Speak now, Holy Spirit, through the word in which I pray that we will embrace that as we leave this place, we do so with an aspiration to be accountable for that which you've granted unto us. Now, God, we pray and thank you for what you've done through Jesus. Thank you for using Christ the Lord to become the accountable factor of your expectation for redemption. In that way, Lord, if there's somebody here today who stands in need of Christ, may that moment enlighten them to receive him as personal Savior today. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. We extend that invitation if there's somebody here who needs to be assured in your heart that Christ indeed is the Lord of your life who, by the way, can stabilize your journey and can provide security in your journey if you're willing to embrace his heart 